Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, a podcast about the greatest band of all time. This is a uh, special They Might Be Giants ukulele players Patreon episode. And I've got, uh, I'm an amateur ukulele player at best, so I've got three experts here with me. I've got Derek Schertz, uh, Todd Braden, and returning Marianne McTrow. Welcome, everybody. Thanks. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for being on. This is a a new theme. uh, In the past two years of the show, I've done quite a few Patreon episodes, and some themes have already circled back around, but this one, um, I'm not sure how this... Marianne, do you remember how this idea kind of came to be? I don't. It's it's been a while until I finally made it happen. Um, no, I don't. I mean, I've just been noticing through, <laughs> you know, since I do a covers section on every regular episode, I've just been noticing that ukulele covers were popping up like a mm-hmm. crazy degree, like way more than I'd expected. I mean, you mm-hmm. always expect the acoustic guitar covers. Honestly, I expect more. Uh, keyboard covers and i've been finding just because you know half of the original band is a keyboardist um but like i was finding it seemed like i was finding ukulele covers almost as much as guitar covers which mm-hmm. surprised me everybody plays ukulele mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know i just well that's what i was wanting to get all of your thoughts on that you know what's the you know why is there such a big overlap between I mean, is there something about the sensibilities of a They Might Be Giants fan and the sensibilities of a ukulele uh, player that overlap? Or is it just, Probably. I mean, like you said, Ty, just a, like, oh, everyone plays ukulele. I don't, uh, I don't think that's true. Well, it's like, as I feel like as a band, um, some people would say, oh, They Might Be Giants is not serious and they're quirky and they're like this novelty thing. And those, those things not could also last. be... Yeah, and those things could also be said and are said of the ukulele. Like it's this quirky, like super happy little instrument, and uh, and and it's not to be taken seriously because it's not not a real instrument. They, they fit together well in that same aspect. Mm-hmm. And that and that the ukulele, um, although it can have a real super happy little sound, you can also do some amazing kind of sad. Uh, Horrible mm-hmm. things on it, just like they might be <laughs> like they might <laughs> You can commit unspeakable acts on a yeah. ukulele. Yeah, you can. You can. <laughs> playing when you aren't properly tuned. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Right. Yes, yes I know. On Marianne's episodes, uh, you're on Spiraling Shape, and more recently, Drink. And you're you're very clear that the, like the number one priority there is uh, tune your Tuning. ukulele properly. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's very important. Yep. Yeah, when you only got four strings, you can't have one out of tune. You know, there's nowhere to hide. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Let's get into um, all of your or how you all got started playing the ukulele. My start uh, playing the ukulele was not really playing the ukulele, but when my uh, when I was little, maybe eight or nine my parents went on a vacation to hawaii without us left us behind with my with my grandpa and and came back with a uh soprano ukulele and pretty much all i did with it at that point was basically it was like one step up from an air guitar and i would just jump around with it and uh I don't know how long it took, but eventually I, I 
snap the neck right off of it just from jump, <laughs> probably jumping off the bed with it. <laughs> and then just a few years ago, I got um, another soprano uke. And then later, two years ago for my birthday, car got me a tenor uh, uke, uh, an electric acoustic. And But still, I would very much consider myself only playing in like the, the beginner level key signatures I've taught some beginners it, but I would not consider myself uh, uh, worthy of teaching anyone other than a beginner on the ukulele. But I do find it super fun and just a really nice portable instrument as a music teacher to be able to lug around places and, and yeah, walk I'd say around there, the room with. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, I bet 90% of ukulele players know a handful of chords and they just strum them and they... They they have a ton of fun and that's all they ever aspire to. The beauty, yeah, yeah. Nothing and and, and you don't need never never will a ukulele player come up and say why why don't you play something more complicated? Yes, exactly. Yes, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is. I mean, it's a fantastic instrument in its own right, but it is one of those instruments that can be a great uh, starter instrument. Um, you know, some of the, the most basic chords only take one or two fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, I mean, you could spend as much as you want on one, I'm sure, but you can get some for fairly affordable prices. Um, I mean, I've wanted to, but I, I keep, it keeps getting pushed back, uh, but I've always wanted to get some sort of grant going to get a ukulele, a classroom set of ukuleles to be able to do it, um, mm-hmm. you know, with like third or fourth graders and i know you you canadians have had some of that uh kind of thing already oh yeah since the 70s yeah yeah Yeah. and someday i will make it happen uh i vow and it's and it's on tape now so uh i must make it happen (laughs) so (laughs) the universe yeah what what (laughs) number is this I mean, if we totaled up all the regular episodes plus the Patreon episodes, we'd be probably like 125 or something mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. So let me hear from uh, you more serious ukulele players and your uh, what your beginnings may have been with the instrument. Let's talk to uh, Derek Schertz, who is here in uh, Lafayette, uh, same town as me. Um, still on camera, though, because of, uh, you know playing it safe type reasons but uh derek what's your history as a uh, ukulele player yeah so um you know i grew up kind of musical but never touched a string instrument uh and i think it was 2006 my brother-in-law had a few and we've been up there and i've messed around with guitars and whatever and couldn't get sound but he gifted me a ukulele i thought it was really cool and uh that that winter break i sat in my basement with uh, the chord sheet and the Hawaiian songbook that had come with it. And I tried to figure a few things out. And within two weeks, I'd lost interest because I didn't know any <laughs> of the songs. I wasn't making any progress. I was, I was trying to figure it. took me about three days to figure out how to tune the darn thing. Um, so fast forward about three years, I pulled it out of the closet again, another, you know, slow winter break or whatever. Um, I've, I found YouTube, I found the internet forms, I found chord sheets, mostly not quite right, but it didn't matter. Um, and I, you know, I kind of found a support group and I, I was off to the races and I haven't looked back since. Um, 
there's there's always somebody doing different something different. Uh, there's always a new challenge out there or song that you hear on the radio, uh, maybe driving home and you think to yourself, can I, hey, can I, is that, is that one I could play, right? Um, so, yeah, I've been at it really about 10 years now. Um, shortly after, after that kind of epiphany, um, I went down, there's an event in southern Indiana. Uh, I went to Euclid World Congress 2. Yeah, Mary Ann, you were there. Yes, I was. Yeah, right? You guys are at two. <laughs> and, of course, I don't know much about this at all. And Todd's been there more recently. Since three. Um, you guys were one year ahead of me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's the, the, the ukulele community is, in some ways, it's not that large. No. Um, but my my favorite story from, from that year, and remember, I'm a beginner. I'm trying to remember where my fingers go and what chord it is. And it's dark. We're up on, there's this little stage area that's covered, and we're messing around with songs. I'm trying my darndest to fit in, and I've picked up on the tip of looking at somebody else's fingers to figure out what chord we're playing. (laughs) And lo and behold, I'm in C tuning, which everyone else there is, and I'm looking at Marianne, and this darn Canadian is playing in G. So everything is off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, it was a good lesson. It was a good story. <laughs> oh, man. Looking at other people's fingers. This is, yeah. as, as a, a beginning band director, I'm always yelling at, it. it's a big problem with trombonists, for one. If there's one trombonist that knows what they're doing, it's a very <laughs> easy instrument to or to attempt to follow someone else's arm, but you're yeah. always a little bit behind. Right. Yep. And yep. currently, I've got a, a percussionist who, on the glockenspiel, is just like, I just see like the side eye. He's looking at one of the other kids. I'm like, dude, <laughs> no, just go home and practice. Just learn the, learn the notes. His mom already went and put like the little sticky tabs on the bars to put the na- notes of the name, uh, the names of the notes on them. And I'm like, he's not faking it until he makes it. I know. I gotta yeah. rip this crutch out from under this kid sooner rather than later. <laughs> but. So, um, Marianne, I'm sure on probably way back on the Spiraling Shape episode, we would have touched on some of these things, but mm-hmm. um, why don't you tell us about how you got started in the ukulele? I already mentioned uh, you got a taste of it uh, when you were young and in school, yeah? Yeah, because, uh, of course, growing up in Canada in, in the 80s, the ukulele was part of the um, the school music program, so we had a unit probably in grade four. And then in um in undergrad, I think in 1994, I decided I wanted to learn the ukulele for real. Um, and so I bought a super crappy, cheap ukulele. <laughs> and the only ukulele book available, which was um, was also in D. So, like, I never even knew that there was another tuning for years and years. Because when I started, the internet wasn't really a, a thing. Um and then, uh, yeah, I sort of secretly played for a while and, um, and wrote songs because no internet. I couldn't find any chords for, like, pop songs that I'd want to learn, and I, I don't have that great of an ear, so figuring chords out is, uh, is not my specialty. Um, yeah, and then in 2007... My husband Dave convinced me to buy a proper ukulele, 
And so I had a good instrument as opposed to the the really crappy one I'd been playing for years and years and years. And uh, so, hey, had none of your yeah. none of your friends that uh, learned it with you in school? None of them decided to do it outside of school no. after that. No, hmm. I was uh, I was completely alone um, as a ukulele player. And so, same as Derek, discovering the online community, ukulele underground, and then through that, ukulele world congress. Um, is just yeah it's it's been fantastic and and you can learn you can find chords for any song you want just about now or tutorials it's yeah it's fantastic yeah and i am i am not as good as you would think having played ukulele (laughs) for for now like 26 years i'm not 26 years good at the ukulele Oh, stop. you have some. You I have think some, I've uh, in like year year six. <laughs> You've written some classic ukulele hits within our right. within our community, though. Uh, songs that that uh, other people have picked up and recorded and put back to YouTube, or even formed right. like groups uh, and, and done like music videos too, right? Yes. Wow. What songs are you talking about? Ah, oh, don't eat that mayonnaise uh, straight from the jar comes to mind. And uh, chicken in a can chicken is the, can. Uh, chicken in one. a can is the big one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't know you wrote that. Oh, I awesome. wrote. I wrote chicken in a can. Yes. <laughs> Not and here's where here's where we all listen to some of it. <laughs> <laughs> about that. Over. <laughs> wow, you know, you're famous. You're getting covered. Right, yes, <laughs> yes. That's pretty cool. And uh, Todd, so really, you're, you're the person I know the least on this call here. So uh, yeah. tell me, yeah, tell me a little bit. Are, you're in Michigan, is that right? That's correct. I'm in uh, Clarkston, Michigan, which is like halfway between Flint and Detroit. Okay. Cool. Middle of the suburbs between both of those cities. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I started off with ukulele, I guess, very similar to your story, Greg, because my parents came back from Hawaii with a ukulele. And Mm -hmm. I had, I've been playing like bass and guitar since I was like 14 and been in a bunch of bands and love music and never really got on the ukulele. And they got me that, but it was like cheap, Mary, you're saying you start with a cheap. There's no yep. worse way to start than with a cheap ukulele. <laughs> if they can't hold their tune, you're never really going to get into it because it always sounds like garbage, and they never hold their tunes when they're fifty dollars. And mm-hmm. that's what I had, and I never really got into it. But then my buddy Steve, who is uh, like a lifelong musical friend of mine, 
he comes over with a ukulele one day and he knew I had one. He's like, all right, Todd, I had this dream and I want to see if we can make it come true. He's like, I, I think we should play Velvet Underground songs on oh, ukulele. You did it. <laughs> and, and so he came over to my house one day and I got that ukulele tuned it up and we learned I'll be your mirror and there she goes. And I was so hooked. It was so fun and it was everything. And I immediately went out and got a good ukulele and that made a big difference. Mm-hmm. And we actually. So, did you do, call the group Velvet Ukuleles or Ukulele? Uh, he came up with this. Uh, I'm afraid he'll listen to this. So <laughs> he came up with the name Thumbs Up, and I don't know why. He thinks it's hilarious that it has nothing thumbs to do up? with Thumbs Up. Thumbs Up, yeah. Because it's like part of this sticky, sticky thing of, of Ukulele and Velvet Underground exclusively. Like, it's very exclusive. We don't ever play anything other than Velvet Underground or Lou Reed. <laughs> so. He, he he thought it'd be hilarious if we call this thumbs up just because it has nothing to do with the shtick that we're doing. So. Yeah, something you never see, uh, you never would have seen Lou Reed do is just right, flashing exactly. the two thumbs up. <laughs> right. uh-huh. Precisely. But you know, I got I fell in so in love with the ukulele, and you know, I was been playing bass and guitar forever, but I very quickly just never really played anything other than ukulele after that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dude, I do love that instrument a lot. So, uh, and then I got involved in UWC. Everyone keeps talking about Ukulele World Congress. That's quite a life changer. And I've mm-hmm. met these beautiful people there. Greg, have you ever been to UWC? I have not. So Get I'm, your ass over there. <laughs> it's, in my, it's in my state, right? Where, where is it at? Southern uh, Indiana. Where, where is uh, it? Brown, Brown County. Yeah, it's okay, like, so um, like Nashville? Nashville, Nashville. Yeah. yeah, the fake, the fake Nashville. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right outside of Nashville. Yeah, yeah also, also home of like six uh, sock stores for some reason. That's why. I, <laughs> it's very touristy. Right? Sounds yeah. about I lived right. in I lived in Bloomington for a decade, so I've okay. been, so, mm-hmm. I've been in Nashville so a fair amount of time. Very close to Bloomington. Yeah. Yeah. You should mm-hmm. definitely check it out. You said we are Lafayette. Uh, yeah, me and Derek are in Lafayette. Yeah. In. I'm sorry. Is it Indiana? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's okay. less than uh, it's less than three hours to get down there. Okay, you got to check it out, man. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like, cool. And and so, Marianne, you were telling me they they had it uh, this year virtually. Yes. Yeah. Derek mm-hmm. can probably tell you more about it. He, you, Derek, you helped kind of organize yeah, it, right? So yeah. So when everything came down in March, uh, pretty quickly, some of us. You know, via you know Facebook or whatever, start saying, "Well, we should, we should start, uh, you know, get together and kind of having meetups on Zoom or whatever." And uh, pretty quickly, some of us decided if if it gets canceled in person, we're doing something online. Uh, so we ended up doing, um, yeah, U UWC twelve, and it was. Uh, Mostly, it was all Friday night, all Saturday night for about eight hours. We had various people sign up and come on and do an open mic, uh, get a couple songs in. We had uh, quite a few people from Japan that joined us. They got wind of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd never met That's them, awesome. and they're like, "No, oh, we got you. We want to come." And they were uh, so good. Yeah, and then we had a few uh, Zoom rooms throughout the weekend, two kind of off hours where people just got together and chatted. Uh, so we found a way, the, the point being, we found a way to uh, kind of keep that community event going. It wasn't the same, uh, but in some ways it was, you know, it was better. Usually we're out on a field in the middle of nowhere 
with porta potties and no running water, uh, <laughs> and, and fighting heat stroke and insects and everything. And, and this year, everybody was in the comfort of their house. Um, yeah, and I mean, yeah, another silver lining would be that you know getting international uh, guests in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's right. Cool. Some people that that had known about it, but said, "Well, I'll never never be able to travel to to Indiana in mm-hmm. June." Although uh, we do they, get quite they a, there's a few international travelers. It is the World Congress, you know. Is it Australia, <laughs> Australia, yeah. and Canada? Marianne, right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wow, people come from Australia to go? To oh, yeah. Land. Well, yeah, maybe to England. England. Yeah, yeah, England. It's a destination wow. if you're in that, that, that community. Mm-hmm. It really it's is. It's a trip across the world. It's really magical. And, like and there's, there's, another, uh, there's another festival in uh, England now that, that I know a lot of people, our yeah. people, oh, if yes. I would call it, are, are starting to go over there when that's available. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's definitely on my, my bucket list. How what what better way to travel and be a tourist than to have like a destination and a and a whole group whole bunch of people there willing to show you around and uh, you know you connect with them on a on a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. And yeah, most people listening probably have no idea where uh, Nashville, Indiana is. Let alone maybe they don't even know where Indiana is. But you can't help. And Nashville, Indiana might seem like kind of a random place to uh, do this kind of thing, but it does make sense because I don't know the history of it, but it has become like this hotspot for folk music. And there's a huge bluegrass festival that goes on there every year Mm -hmm. as well. So I don't know who decided to put it in Nashville, Indiana. Uh, Did did the person that's started live around there? it, It was founded as a artist colony. Oh, I, I mean the uh, uh, the the ukulele convention. Um, well, that's that's a fella, um, Mike Hader, who runs Mainland Ukes, um, puts this together for for us. It's not really a mm-hmm. company promo thing, um, but he's located there, and and he had just gotten into kind of his own business um, with supplying ukuleles. And so he said that, you know, the very first year that this happened, um, he was just on the main forum, uh, Ukulele Underground, and he just threw out a wild idea. Hey, I've got this field available. Would anybody be interested to come to Indiana this summer? And he got, yeah, he got (laughs) 30 or 40 people to show up uh, and it kind of blew him away. He didn't, he didn't think that was going to happen. Um, but they had fun, and he put it on again, and people kept coming back, and now it's kind of, it's it's gotten quite large, maybe larger than it needs to be. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. What's the attendance like usually? I mean, discounting this weird year, you know, like the one so before this I, last in-person one. Yeah, I think uh, we've certainly hit eight hundred, and it might have been more than that. Wow. Dang. Yeah, yeah it's a I feel lot. like two was maybe maybe a hundred people do you think much smaller smaller yeah, 80 i don't know 60 anyway it was uh, yeah that was the first yeah, one that, that dave and i went to and it was um yeah we really enjoyed the smaller kind of <laughs> yeah right <laughs> gets yeah. a bit overwhelming with uh with a lot more people yeah 800 that's uh yeah i mean th- th- that's awesome though just to to know that that 
community and that i mean you've got to i'd say be a more serious ukulele player if you're making you know trip from out of state for sure but that you know that big of uh that big of a crowd you know getting to know so many people every year and seeing new people play it's got to be pretty exciting it's Mm -hmm. awesome there's no vendors Mm -hmm. and the whole attraction is three days of open mic of ukulele (laughs) two two Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then all the jamming Thursday. on the side that, that you can possibly fit in, right? Yeah, right. yeah. The Which world's largest bonfire. This yeah. is what I have on my, oh, go away, notices. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, I can't show you. It's it, it's kind of amazing, Greg, because I've been going back so many years. I I know these people oh, and I look forward that is to a it. Big bonfire. Look at that. Yeah. A huge bonfire. So you, you buy a, a new, better ukulele. You throw your starter one on the fire. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what's that, uh, Derek? Uh, but uh, no, it's just it, it's amazing. It, it seems like anymore we get together, we just we just you know shoot the shit. We're we're catching up with with each other. Maybe somebody plays a song, but you know maybe they don't, and that's all right too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's become one of those things in a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So who of you three have played a They Might Be Giants song at the conference? Me, I think that's how I met Marianne. Cause yes, yes. You, you and your husband came up to me after I played yes. a song, and you're like, oh, my God, that oh was They Might Be Giants. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 it was awesome. It's like, no way. Someone actually knows the song I'm playing. Yeah. Yes. That's great. That's that great. is the weird thing. You, we were starting off talking about how They Might Be Giants and ukuleles go together. I'm always shocked at how many They Might Be Giants fans are at UWC. Like, there's people playing They Might Be Giants all over the place. Hmm. Yeah. And and but, Derek and I met Derek and I met at uh, an hmm. open mic night at this place called Professor Joe's Pizza, which just last week closed its doors. <laughs> Oh no! Yep. Aww. Uh, yeah, with everything happening, it's uh, it, it stayed open as long as it could. But they have Tuesday open mics for the longest time, and um, Derek and I met there, and we have jammed side by side on James K. Polk. So that's, that's right. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, maybe maybe more than once. I'm not sure. The, I think so. The, the one uh the one night i think that was for your podcast right and uh i played the ukulele and you had the saw instrumental yeah so we've done yeah so we've done james every time i every time i play that song i kind of pause going into the third verse and there's like the saw playing in my mind (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i'm forgetting that we did it twice there yeah we did we definitely did professor joe's and then at um Six Six Street Dive. Six Street Dive is where uh, I busted out the singing saw for it, which I love to d- deploy that weird instrument any chance I get. So you know that yeah. is such. I have to say though that is such a they might be giants thing is to have this arsenal of musical instruments and just for fun or because maybe you think it might fit or be, you know they they pull out anything. Right. Like uh, if I open this drawer here. Then I've got my stylophone. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh! Nice. Weird instruments at my disposal. Yeah, we're gonna de- we're we're gonna detract the conversation if we get Greg on uh, instruments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You seem to be hanging all over the place there, Greg. Yeah, if we start looking around this, uh, yeah, our, new, our newest edition actually is a mandolin. I got Cara for her Ooh. birthday. Oh yeah, or no, for Mother's Day. 
it's nice having a being married to uh, uh, another musician because it's fun to shop for her. Look, Marge, I got you a bowling ball. Exactly. Homer. Yeah, why does this mandolin have your initials inscribed on it? Oh boy. Okay, so let's uh, let's start talking about uh more about the ukes and tmbg going together let's uh let's start with derek and uh what is the first they might be giant song that you want to talk about uh that uh you feel like is a good ukulele song yeah let's talk about um a song off the no album which was 2002 i believe mm-hmm. uh, where do they make balloons Marmalades from Scotland, rugs from Pakistan Mexico has jumping beans and cars are from Japan Clowns are from the circus, barking comes from dogs Eggs come from a chicken and lock heavens come from logs When you have kids, they hit a certain age at like five or six, and all they want to do is ask questions. They figure out how to phrase a question, and every time they turn around, what is this? What does that do? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, where do they make balloons, right? Uh, so we, my, my wife is actually much larger. They might be Giants fan than I am. Um, so she had, you know, all these, even the recent CDs at that point, it was recent CDs with the uh, kids' songs. They kind of shifted to doing that genre for a while. Um, and so this is, uh, where do they make balloons? And it's got a nice little riff that took me forever to figure out when I was at that point in my playing. Um, and I just, I, I, I just like it. It's kind of absurd lyrics in a way, uh, but it fits and it comes together. I, my son was born around that time of that album and I got that and he, he listened to it all the time. That was one of his favorite songs. I love that song. And it also has a special distinction as... I believe the very first They Might Be Giants song to be written by not a John. This one was written yes. by Danny Weinkoff. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. Basis. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> but they sing it, don't they? It seems like one of them sing it. Uh, no, Danny sings no, it. Danny sings it. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it seems to be a pretty popular one <laughs> off of the No album. Yeah. Um. Yeah, sung by Danny, written by Danny, and uh, really? yeah, played by Danny. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, actually, you know, it's funny. Is I'm looking on the the wiki on the credits. He does. He he's singing the lead and the backup, but he actually doesn't play an instrument on the song. It's uh, uh, the oh. Johns on guitar and keyboard, and then uh, Dan Hickey uh, was their drummer at the time. I didn't realize there's there's no bass in this song. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, it's been a long time since I went back and actually listened to the recorded track. I just mm-hmm. do it the way I hear it in my head. Mm-hmm. So it could be. Yeah. But it, it totally seems like there could be ukulele on this song. It would totally fit the vibe. You know, it's just a very uh, light, airy kind of song. And just having like a higher uh, pitched string instrument totally makes sense with it. And I'm looking at it. It's in... It's in D. Um, do you play it in D? 
Yes, I do. Yeah. You could. So if you're really good, maybe you can play them both at the same time. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't so do the that. Would be right out and everything. <laughs> you can take that as a as a sound engineering uh, exercise, take home exercise. Great. No, we'll do. We'll do. Yeah, it's a great song, and the lyrics are so much fun. Um, the oh, where is it? What was my favorite one? Barking comes from dogs. Barking comes like from dogs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You're setting up all these things like that were invented in different it, it, in it, locations. Yeah, it's very. Yeah. It's it's very uh, it's very clever. Some of the the turns of the lyrics and the way that mm. they, they use words and then sometimes they abuse them. Yes. It seems like there's a little bit of a New Jersey diss in here. It says New York has tall buildings. New Jersey has its malls. (laughs) 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 Pisa has a leaning tower. Will it ever fall? Such a fun song. Mm, Spaghetti is from China, but Italians make it best. Best. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I mean, if, if you're a kid, maybe that's a good piece of information. Yeah. Hey, learn stuff. Uh, barking comes from dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, I think the lyric, the lyric is written and uh, barking comes from dogs and log cabins come from logs. But I think I always sing bacon comes from hogs. Yes. I don't know where that slipped in, but that's <laughs> what I hear. It's a little more <laughs> gruesome depending on uh, your dietary preferences. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, let's let's check that out. Let's listen to yeah. uh, Derek playing. Where do they make balloons? Marmalades from Scotland, rugs are from Pakistan. Mexico has jumping beans, and cars are from Japan. Clowns are from the circus, and barking comes from dogs. Eggs come from a chicken, and bacon comes from hogs. But where, where do they make balloons? Where, oh, where do they make balloons? New York has tall buildings, New Jersey has its malls. Pisa has a leaning tower, will it ever fall? The ocean has the fishes, London has a tower, and Holland they have windmills, lots of bikes and pretty flowers. But where, oh where do they make balloons? Turkey, they can't fly, but they can dance. But where, oh, where do they make balloons? Where, oh, where do they make? 
right, folks, that'll do it for the free portion of this episode. To hear a lot more ukulele talk with Marianne, Derek, and Todd, head to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast to get some merchandise and a lot more exclusive content. We've had episodes with accordion players, episodes with string players, as well as episodes about art, um, episodes with folks from the LGBTQ community talking about their favorite songs, whole bunch of stuff, many, many more hours of content. That's patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Hope to see you over there.